0: Welcome back to Pounding the Table. On this week's episode, we're going to recap last week in the markets. Bring back everyone's favorite segment, Mini Monsters.
1: But we are underway, and I do mean underway. Wonder why fund
0: managers can't beat the S and P five hundred? Because they're sheep, and sheep
1: get slaughtered. We have concluded the following: Because I know more net butter. Cold winter has apparently not affected the army. <laughs>
0: Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to episode 43 of Pounding the Table. Last week, Tony introduced his passion for JPEG images. This week, we're talking PNGs, the future of PDF files, and a whole lot more.
1: Just joking. We're back to stocks (laughs) this time. Yeah, guys, we're going back to stocks, and it's going to stay stocks for a long time. It's just, you know, new trends pop up, and you have to make sure you understand them fully so you don't get left behind, something that could just be the next paradigm shift. I have to always mention our uh, good friend StockTwits here because this is who the episode's brought to you by. This is the best community to see what the actual investors and traders all over the world are saying in real time about the stocks, crypto and futures, forex, whatever you might be interested in. Uh, So definitely check that out, guys.
0: Yeah. And Tony, as we mentioned last week, we love working with StockTwits. Obviously, they're more than just a, an ad for us. They are a strategic partner that provides us with these amazing sentiment analysis each week around trending stocks, what's going on with the stock quits community. So Tony, what did they send us over for, for last week?
1: Yeah, it's very cool. So we're always following like the most yeah, recent trending stocks, whichever one people are talking about the most. And that's usually what pine the table has always been about. So it makes it a lot easier when we have like a nice list every week, like provided to us about which ones have been Pound of the table on the most at the Stock community. So obviously I think everyone saw the Merck uh, news ticker symbol MRK, the COVID treatment pill. So that is just massive. I think it was up like nine percent on Friday. Huge runner there. So that's very, 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 very nice for Honestly, humanity and the market, because I my girlfriend's mom bought a bunch of Merck like two weeks ago, and I was joking with her, like, are you talking to Pelosi? Like, are yeah, you? I was about to say. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, some other cool stuff too, Lucid. I know we've been waiting for this one forever. You know, uh, it's definitely one of those longer term holds for me because I just like the spade as a spade comparison to Tesla. They opened reservations for the Lucid uh, air vehicle and they announced that they're going to be starting deliveries like very, very soon. So I'm excited for that to know that it's actually going to be happening quite soon. Um, and people really were not in belief of it. And then they also did that 520 mile EPA range, like certified test. So they are now officially the longest battery out there on the market. So that's huge. And that that's obviously why they've been trending, right? These things are a big deal. And that that's why things are really going on. Um, a lot of people have been worried about, you know, semiconductors and stuff. MU, uh, so Micron was... Trending recently, they had an earnings beat, but bad guidance, and that is not nothing. I think to be very, very concerned about. We obviously have a lot of supply strengths just throughout the entire cycle of, of like the economy right now, and you obviously see like a bunch of these other car manufacturers are still delaying on chips. Like the only reason that Elon's been crushing with Tesla is because they partner with AMD and they had a bunch of those chips backlogged. So there's a lot of different things going on in this market right now. Um, I think semis are definitely semiconductors, like the Nvidia, Micron, uh, you know those other stocks that are like uh, lamb research and other, yeah. Names like that are definitely a good indicator for, risk on risk off and also seeing how like, it, you know, these supply chain uh, mechanics are kind of working out right now. So yeah, it makes it really easy for us to kind of see what's the big news that's been happening over the market. Helps us uh, get that beginning part of the show done uh, pretty easily. So big shout out to StockTwits again for providing us with those top trending stocks. And then make sure to check them out today on StockTwits.com.
0: Pound Nation, it is officially October. And for those of you who've been pounding the table with us since last summer, know that October is a very special month for us. Tony, ask me why it's special.
1: Avi, why is October so special? Is it because you bought a Dead Fellas?
0: It's not because I bought a dead, fellas, Tony. It's because as a young child, I always enjoyed October very much. You know, counting the candy, sorting it, trying to get a new high score each year on my glucose levels. But (laughs) my favorite part of Halloween has always been seeing the costumes.
1: Ah, yeah, I I agree. I agree. I love the ghosts, goblins, the witches. Well, what's your favorite, Avi?
0: Tony, you seem to be missing on every favorite Pounders costume. That is right, folks. After one year of waiting, we are back better than ever with (laughs) mini-monsters. There it
1: Uh, is. (laughs) Oh, wow, yeah. So I can't even keep a straight face when you do that uh, (laughs) voice. But for those of you who are new and others who might need a refresher, mini-monsters is a series that we introduce towards the end of each year, uh, and I think we'll be doing that moving forward, and analyze companies that the majority have either never heard of or want to start understanding more. Um, And these are not the Apples, the Microsofts of the world, Those are, of course, the monsters, the beasts. But we're looking for companies that have this potential to grow exponentially over time because they are smaller companies that have, um, you know, just have that potential in terms of like what they're doing right now. Like every Apple and every Microsoft started as a mini monster and and SE was a mini monster and Square was a mini monster and Tesla and NVIDIA were mini monsters at some point. So I think it's very important to always try to like pay attention to what's next and what's going to be new. And that's, Mm -hmm. you know, perfect with seasonality. I don't know if it's going to be the same seasonality this year, but I think it's very important to pay attention because I think there's a lot of people who want to catch up to the end of the year. And I think that small caps um, and just in general, smaller companies under 10 billion, 15 billion have been gotten have been getting really crushed in the last like six, three, three, six months. So Mm -hmm. definitely, you know, it's a time to reevaluate and see because usually when there's fear is when I start getting excited.
0: Exactly. And I think last year, a lot of people really love the mini monsters. We surfaced companies like Fiverr uh, at 104. That ran to 184. Etsy from 96 to 204. SI, which has been breaking news. We can talk about here in just a second. We got that at 33 to 128. MGNI 9 to 28. Natalia. Nutella is my favorite company, (laughs) call it 19 to 134. And then I got to shout out my baby, Jumia. That was my first find ever, 740 to 18. And I think the thesis here, kind of really what we're, we're talking about with these mini monsters, again, like these are companies that may not be making a ton of revenue today, as you alluded to, but these are companies that in the next three to five years, 10 years out, we really see kind of game changing companies that are that have those potential to be the next monsters as you were discussing.
1: Yeah, and and what's so important is that like, this is the kind of investing where it's like, you take a top down first principles approach and you see like what trends are gonna be the next biggest ones over the next five years, right? I think blockchain is gonna be massive. I think quantum computing has to come with, it'll it all connect together and be absolutely incredible. Genomics once again, is just beginning and genomics under the umbrella can be proteomics, can be like, you know, liquid biopsy, whatever, all that stuff put together is just the bucket that we call it as just to make it easy. So there's a bunch of EVs as well, you know, like, oh yeah, there's a bunch of things going on right now that in the next five or 10 years will completely reshape the landscape of technology and the world that we have today. And I think that those trends are where we start thinking. And then you trickle down and companies are the ones at the forefront of that space for right now.
0: Tony, you kind of give me a layup here because our first mini monster is going to be IonQ. So you guys may remember this is a spec, right? And so it got a little bit beaten down. Ticker symbol used to be D-M-Y-I, and now it is I-O-N-Q. IonQ was founded more than 25 years ago and really helped pioneer the academic research behind quantum computing. So IonQ, just for those of you who are unfamiliar, they're developing trapped on ion quantum computers and they're bringing this powerful technology out of the lab into commercial, industrial and academic applications. So what happens essentially is these ionized atoms are the heart of the quantum systems. And as a result, they are believing that computers can perform longer, more sophisticated calculations with fewer errors than any quantum computer ever built. Wow. That is a lot of words to say there. Yeah. I uh, yeah. That right and, from- and I'm
1: happy to, I, I can break this down pretty easily. Yeah, I'll be This for the, for the I'll obvify I have it. no idea. <laughs> so, so these classical computers, this is like the standard logical operation. So they use this definite position of a physical state. So you have the one, the zero, the one, the zero, you're coding exactly what's going on right now. But quantum computing is just, if I want to simplify it very much, so it's, it's the innovating on what's being innovated kind of thing instead of being saying this is one this is zero right here this like each bit which is just a one or a zero like basically the bits are known as qubits and that okay I need to chill for this I need to read this for 30 seconds because yeah, this is like
0: opposite.
1: this is like fucking horrible I don't even need... yeah I and mean, I'm gonna simplify this a little bit just because it's, it's kind of hard to wrap your brain around but basically like in summation it's instead of knowing the exact definitive position right now, which is what these standard computers do right now. So you have that just like binary, you have the one or the zero and basically computers right now calculate probability of an object state at the single moment it's happening right now. But quantum computers, like they do the calculations based on the probability of the state before it's measured. So that means that they have the potential to process like exponentially more data compared to classical computers. It's this whole, predicting where things are going, like innovating on what's being innovative instead of just the one, zero, one, zero, zero bits. And so that, that's the most important thing to just, if we wanna just do like a top easy layer over it, people are basically gonna be needing so much more power from your computers in the next five or 10 years. Like think about all these buzzwords, right? We have neural nets, deep learning, machine learning, like every, all these buzzwords that people like to say in interviews are what is gonna be happening all over the world. Not to mention you can run Nodes, you can literally mine off of your graphics cards. Like there's a hundred things that people are using processing power and computing power for. And so this is just basically the next form of that. And so I like the fact that there's only one pure play on the market for this right now. And that is uh, this company.
0: That's what you always say. You're either first, you're the best or you cheat. So these guys are the first here. Uh, is this kind of like the five G for for internet essentially for computers? Like sure, like
1: just- yeah, sure, yeah. For, like, I, I mean, if <laughs> it's that's obvious five things it, here for fine, people, yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, because it is, it is complicated. It's like very complicated for me too. It's like just knowing that some things are really complicated to invest in doesn't mean that you should shy away from them. Like I don't have a huge position in this name anymore. We've mentioned this before, and like I've traded in and out of it. Um, but it's definitely one that's like at the top of my watch list, especially since it's just de-SPAC, and I want to like kind of see what's going to be happening with it. Yeah,
0: this company kind of reminds me almost like ASDS Space Mobile. I know we talked about that. And we actually talked about DMYI uh, in the Bible as yeah. well. So this is one we kind of put on our radar a while back, but it's starting to come back, right? I think it's starting to get a little bit more in the news, obviously, with the de that popped up. And similar to ASDS Space Mobile, obviously, very different types of companies, but one of those companies that may take a little bit of time, but let's take a look at at the company and some of the investors involved. Not uh, too shabby here.
1: (laughs) That's always like the way to start with here, right? So, I mean, like you have Google, Amazon, Bill Gates, Bezos, like, you know, you got Branson, Bloomberg in here. It's like obviously very much a stacked team. And it's like looking at the comparisons of like the processing speeds and like how well they do what they do. And they are crushing, they're absolutely demolishing in terms of like the technology. So it's one of those situations again, where, It's very early like revs are low kind of situation but the technology behind it is far in advance right like lucid has the most efficient battery pack lucid is going to succeed in my opinion as a result of having the current best tech do i think tesla will innovate and beat out lucid yeah of course but do i think lucid's already in such a good place that they're not going to be fifth or sixth place they'll be number two yes and so that's kind of the way that i want to think about this. very much a spade is a spade situation sure like you have like all these other things that are including like I- IBM is getting into quantum computing and stuff, but the ROI for buying IBM over IonQ for quantum computing is a far different like return, right? IBM has 50 other things that they do versus like IonQ is strictly focused on this quantum computing pioneering
0: hmm. That's what I found really remarkable. Obviously, they're they're the only hardware that's available for AWS, Google Cloud, Azure, uh, taking a look at their financials.
1: And obviously, we'll talk about the numbers here, right? This is one of those like early on companies. So it's not by any means like a well valued company. But you also understand that like net is trading at 70 times sales or whatever. And so people pay premiums for things that have either really sticky moats or already have like a big lead, right? Like net runs 40% of the internet. IonQ works with Amazon, Google, SoftBank, you know, Goldman Sachs, Fidelity. So there is like something to say for the pedigree of a company, especially in such an innovative and new space. Um, They had a $5 million revenue target for this year, right? But they've updated that to 15 million for this first year, for for 2021. So looking forward here, they're gonna do 2020. I don't know what their 2022 estimates are. It says like 15 million, I believe, but I'm sure that'll be updated as well if they boost it this year's. Um, So we'll just say that for this year, they've tripled it. And that's pretty good to see. Um, you also look here, like the market cap's about 1.8 billion, right? So you're definitely paying a very high. It's like almost 100 times valuation, but also people love like SRNGU DNA, right? And that's also 100 like 100 times valuation uh, as of like the current market cap of 15 billion or whatever for making 150 million in revs. So understanding all those things and the people are paying premiums. Do I think that it's definitely like a little overvalued? Yes. Do I think that you'll start seeing really cool things happen in the next year? I. Yeah, I really do think so. I think quantum computing is one of those next big waves. Like we've talked about space and now look at all these space companies. Like everyone's going to space. We talked about EVs. Everyone has a Tesla and drives Teslas and sees Teslas everywhere. So I think that these are like the next trends that are coming. And I think it's just logical because the amount of time that people spend on the computer right now is astronomical for whatever various reason. And the computations get harder and harder. So clearly the technology has to match our desires and what our outputs and inputs are gonna be.
0: You mentioned space because Biden actually was just quoted recently, said we're going to be investing in industries of the future, AI, quantum computing and biotech. Uh, Even Angela Merkel, President Macron and the finance minister of the UK, over twenty four billion dollars has actually been poured in from the government of various nations into quantum computing already. Tony, I know everyone's super excited for the next mini monster, but very quickly want to share a quick offer from our sponsors over at American Giant. I'm a huge fan of their clothes. They actually sent us their flagship hoodie and a t-shirt. Honestly, probably the nicest article of clothing that I own. Uh, I love that it's made here locally in the U.S. and media outlets around the world are calling this the greatest sweatshirt ever made. I'll (laughs) put the uh, Avi co-sign on that. I absolutely love this thing.
1: Yeah, Avi, honestly, working from home, I definitely shouldn't say this live, but I probably (laughs) wear that sweatshirt like three or four times a week just because it's like a heavy snug blanket. And uh, once again, Pounders, like we would never do an ad without giving something back to our listeners, and definitely not an ad that we wouldn't pound it. Th- I'm literally wearing their t shirt right now. And it's so funny. Obviously, like, we're talking about them today, and I was like, oh, I'm already wearing the t shirt. I didn't even do it on purpose. <laughs> um, but we're giving our Pounders 20% off their first order if you simply go to www.american-giant.com and on the payments page, type in promo code. PTT all capitals to get that 20% off.
0: All right, Tony, we are giving back to the pounders. We are the pod of the people. So let's <laughs> dive back in and give the people what they want. They want another mini monster. You said this one could be the next CrowdStrike or next Shopify. Very different company. So, what are you talking about here? Well, who is Doc N and what do they do, of course?
1: Yeah. And I just have to start this off by giving a huge shout out to Ophir Gottlieb. Like this guy is just an absolute monster in terms of doing high, high grade DD. And I actually found this uh, from him and very interesting company. Like I usually look at these like cloud and software or whatever, various. That's why I said CrowdStrike and Shopify, like. Pretty much like we're talking about quantum computing, that's the next leg, but this is like software as a service, like SAAS in terms like CrowdStrike does the cybersecurity for SAAS and all this. So it's all very connected. It's just basically internet two, like internet three. It's like, we're all moving forward in this space. So what I really like about that is knowing that we have so many people who are now going onto cloud computing and so many people who are not these big companies that can afford to pay the 40,000, whatever it costs to do AWS or what have you a month. So this is why I'm definitely a big fan of DocN right now. I posted about it when it was like in the like mid low 40s, and now it's ran up to 80. So that's definitely one I'm going to be holding for quite some time now. Been trading in and out of it as well, but you know holding that core position. So DigitalOcean ticker symbol DocN DOCN is a cloud computing service and pretty much an alternative to AWS like Azure, Google Cloud. Basically, with cloud computing, and this is like a very general statement. It uses remote resources, so it saves organizations the cost of like the servers and the hardware and the other equipment in order to carry out their businesses or whatever they might have. So simply put, DigitalOcean is a huge piece of this. It powers developers. So small business owners and startups with a cloud computing platform, it's really easy for them to use, and it's much cheaper for those smaller individuals than compared to competitors like Amazon, Microsoft, and Google. And as always, like, I want to see who's the people running it, like, talk to the person who is in charge and kind of understand their mission and their viewpoint. And because if they don't have the right vision, these companies are not going to succeed in the right way. Because this is like the kind of companies like these new wave of companies, the new mini monsters that are coming out in the next year or two are going to take like vision, like Musk kind of vision, where it's like you have to create the future that you want to be in versus just predict it. And so that is what's really exciting. And so there's this quote from Yancey Spruill, CEO. Web infrastructure is generally complicated. Hosting companies often have complex control protocols and an ideal hosting environment requires a good understanding of ideas like load balancing, distributed file systems, et cetera. Instead of building a service, I decided to build a product to deliver the simplest possible virtual private server. I want to build a cloud platform based on what I had learned from running a managed web hosting company. So if you're thinking of it like this, right? Like, Avi, you and I can go make a website. We have a website. We have a pan on the table and eventually we'll have Input shop. But if we want to like have servers to help run our websites, if we do like more complicated cloud computing, whatever it might be, we would just use DigitalOcean to host it privately for us without having to go to AWS or like this and that. And it's cheaper and it has many more intricate things that you can do as a small individual or a small business versus having to like pay for egregious costs of like these entire packages that you really don't freaking need.
0: Let's dive in just a little bit here. What they're actually solving for these SMBs? So compared to those AWSs of the world, the Azure's, et cetera, you know, those really have these complex systems that are enterprise focused dealing with massive implementations over several years, millions and millions of dollars. That really limits that onboarding for startups and SMBs. So DocN is really there to help a lot of those small and medium-sized businesses in that capacity. The pricing model too, right? Those existing providers, as I mentioned, are millions and millions of dollars, have these huge intricate and unpredictable pricing models that you know one month, it could be one price, another month you go overages. And so This is something very interesting for those SMBs that can actually afford to use a platform like DigitalOcean. Another thing is, of course, lack of support, especially when you're working with those big companies. They're focused on their big clients, right? So those traditional public cloud providers are focused on the massive enterprises of the world, and they're not going to give love and the support that a lot of these SMBs probably really need. Uh, And the last thing too, I'd say is the uncured set of offerings. So a lot of these hyperscales have built their platforms to serve global enterprises with these massive development teams and these ancillary products and services that create challenges. DigitalOcean really simplifies this for the SMB and takes care of them, right? Coming from the software world, You know it. I mean, you see it. You're focused where the money is as a company, right? So if one company is paying you millions and millions and millions of dollars, you're going to give that support to them versus a small business that may be paying you a little bit. So Doc N is really there to support those growing companies that you always talk about.
1: 100%. I could not have said that better myself. I'm glad that the software guy is out here talking about software. Very cool stuff. Um (laughs) I do like too that this is not by any means like one of those high-valued companies. In fact, the reason I bought it is because I thought it was stupidly undervalued. If you look at the comparisons on like CrowdStrike and like Shopify, all these other companies that are like they loved stocks on FinTwit, like this is why I was slamming Dock in the 40s and the 50s, is because this company was super like very, very cheap. And like I think it was like a five billion dollar market cap doing like two to three hundred million dollars in sales and positive EBITDA and like I think positive. Over the years. So that was very shocking to me. Usually, you don't see that kind of like comparison. You don't usually see a a low, uh, multiple, low market cap company with profitable, even like profitable path to even more profitability. Like, it's very, like, the word profit is not as huge in the software game as most people think it is, right? Like, you really Mm -hmm. look at the ones that you hold, how much profit, right? Like, and of course, we have the whole Amazon thing. It takes years and years. I totally like, Yeah. CrowdNet, all those are are great companies. But what I'm saying is it was a very, like it is a discrepancy, right? It was a glitch in the matrix. And those are usually cons for me. What I really do also like is that they are moving in terms of this, like innovating on what's being innovated. They just did this acquisition with Nimbella, which Nimbella is a serverless platform. And that helps to remove the friction with creating APIs and microservices, right? So let's say like, this is essentially, if you want to think about like hosting your, your site, right? Like you, we can use Wix, we can use WordPress. This is like everything else, right? This is like, if you're being like, you know you're using cloud computing, you're, you're storing stuff. You've got databases, you want to run networks. You have multiple clients working with you on the same development site. Th- this is what people would use, right? So it helps you to el- eliminate your server management. You only pay for what you use. And I really like that it can support like these different kinds of apps like stateless and stateful apps. It's very like more complicated. We'll talk about this like in another episode, but basically it, all of this together will help you just have this like one in package for SMBs for these like smaller or individuals and stuff kind of companies versus having to like those high entry barriers and like the lack of utility you get from working with an Azure or a Google Cloud. Like these things are not the same for if you're a beginner versus like, let's say you're if you're like SoftBank or like, right, like if you're Tesla and you want to use a cloud provider, like you're not going to use DigitalOcean, but you, uh, you will use AWS. or Zorro, that, That's the kind of situation that we're describing here. And one really cool thing, and this is just like off, off script, just thinking about like, are they in the right spaces and are people using them for the right reasons? You guys know I'm all the crypto and everything now. Don't really care how you feel. I like it. But what I will say about this is I'll bring my alpha that I learned in crypto land back to stocks for you. Because DigitalOcean, right? They are the ones that run a lot of Ethereum network. Like people can literally go set up nodes. You can set up like Ethereum mining on DigitalOcean. So when you really consider that everything that I'm talking about is all interconnected and it's all connected with cloud computing, right? Like this is literally a cloud computing service and we're having quantum computing Like why won't this all just interchange, right? And then you're going to have Web3 and so this is the wave that we're focusing on for the next like six months or a year, because this is where everyone will be no matter what. Like, and I just want to shout this out one more time. If you don't think that NFTs will be involved in this in some way, you're nuts. So yeah. that's it. I've tied kind of the table. I'm done. I'm back to stocks. For hits you hit your quota for the
0: for the episode. I'm going to have to reel you back into the stock. Now, I think you're, what you're saying is, is accurate though, right? Like this is all kind of interconnecting and you're seeing what's going to happen in the future while a lot of us are still focused on just the day-to-day intricacies of the market, I do actually see where you're talking about here, where this is all going to start to come intertwined. So bringing this back to stocks, I know I got a train to make, so let's wrap this thing up. But you know, in, in terms of what you're seeing here in the future, we kind of now made it past September. It was a little late when we had this little drop here towards the end for a lot of us. But right. we're talking about with growth stocks. You know, Last year, we had the, the October mini monsters. And in November, December, we were just ripping things. And so do you see something similar here for growth stocks? Or, or what do you see the market heading as we end the year up?
1: And I'll be completely honest here. I really don't know. I think that there's a, a, such an ambiguous like amount of factors going out on the market, right? Like we had like Evergrande, China just like shit the bed. And then now we have like the Fed talk, like Fed saying we're not raising until 2024, but tapering is gonna be very soon and Powell is saying keep an eye on inflation. And it's like overstepping targets. And it's like, th- this is not good. It's not good, all right? Like, I don't think it will end up being the world's worst crash, whatever. Like, is it gonna be a 2018 situation if they don't thread the needle carefully? And, and start to taper slowly and at an appropriate pace that's gonna be very well set ahead of time. The problem is this uncertainty because everyone goes risk off for three months because they think they're tapering. And they say they're not tapering because of the Delta variant. And then everyone goes risk on. And then they're definitely taping, tapering because inflation goes up and then interest rates spike 0.4%. So you know what's going on, you don't. You don't know what's going on. And so this is why I'm a very like stick and move investor right now. Like I'm honestly just trading. Because the truth is like I'm investing in some companies long-term that I think are good prices. Like I still, I've literally been adding to SMFR there's other things like that, that like I don't care about. And I'm just going to be sitting there holding, like I, go wherever you want to go. I know in two to three, five years, you'll make me happy. But in terms of like these bigger companies, like you're thinking about Apple, you're thinking about, like I bought Apple because I'm swinging it into next week and stuff. It's like, I'm not owning Apple long-term, obviously a good company, but easy money. And so like, those are the things that I'm like kind of, Perceiving in this market. Like, it's hard for me to say, like, I want to be 100% invested. And, like, maybe I'm just talking right now before we start ripping two, 300 points and go to my 5,000 SPX target by like 2022. Who knows? Like, we got to 45, 50. I'm close enough, man. Everyone thought we were going to 2,200. So I would just say, be very cautious, like, stick and move. I don't think people really comprehended how deep the distribution was in terms of like the selling recently. Like, We had very strong sell volume, but then this Merck news reverted us up and then kept us rallying and then the Fed started talking again a little differently. So it's definitely just a ton of ambiguous factors that I think it's very, very, very hard to play the prediction right now. And so I say like my, my two cents is to put less chips on the table, stack some chips for when you really, you know, when you see the guys next to you hammered, just like slamming blackjack, can't even count their own fingers, let alone cards. And then you make the whole table bust. Uh, that's kind of the way I'm thinking about it now for trading, just because I don't see everything continuously like, rallying. Like ARK's been shit for all year. Growth has been going really nowhere. And so maybe I, I'm making myself bullish as I'm saying this, but <laughs> like I do, I do see that there will be a squeeze in some certain things. Like you're seeing the SPAC war and arbitrage and things are starting to come back alive. Things are doing well. But I will not be able to say that I'm very, very bullish on growth or anything for the short term. That being said, I'm long. But, you know, it's definitely with nuances and, and caveats to a lot of this stuff. So but, stick and so move not, is my two cents. Stick and not
0: move. Tony Bottoms, not Tony Tops, Tony Trades right now. Yeah,
1: dude, like. t- Tony don't know. Tony Consolidation, <laughs> right? Like, I mean, like it, the S&P and the growth, net, everything's discombobulated. Nothing's trending similarly, like correlations are kind of shite. So when that happens, it just means like you have to wait to let some of the factors play out. <laughs> All right, look, g- give me, uh, uh, with that being said, Pounders, you just he heard my saying. wife in the background here. I got to make this train. So All right. hit me with, with, the, that- with that being said, Pounders. <laughs> with that being said, Pounders, it's a very stick and move situation. It is a big boy market. And sometimes it takes us a little time for us to catch up and grow up in a situation like this, myself included. It takes some time to really understand who you are, where you are, and what you want to be in the future. And with that being said, Pounders, we'll is. be back next week with another episode of Pounding the table. See you next
2: week. Drip on a honey. Yes, I say less than me. Y'all on level one. on level three. Three, two, three. Pounding on the table for my team. Every night I flex. I'm making big moves. That's a big move. Big money, big moves. That's a big move. I'm making big moves. That's a big move. Big money, big moves. That's a big move. Yeah. It. master p i'm bad it about it this one here for all that try to count me out and they still counting honestly i never doubt it say the top is never crowded well i'm trying to climb the mountain till i need a few Counting Sockets is rising perfect timing. i'm in prickle with the tribe charlie sliding she want sushi she want eel sauce with the rice i just peel off with of the light, took her heels off for the ride don't say real talk just a lie i'm a real one i provide yeah Drip (laughs) on a hundred.